Hello, I am That Williams Guy here for a new Stop and Think video. It's been a while since I've done one of these, and so I thought I would drop one, maybe kind of spur some discussion along. And this Stop and Think video is inspired by an article that was written recently by, or published recently by Greg Elephants of Active Response Training. And that article had to do with the traditional double action pistol. If you're unfamiliar with that term, um, it's a pistol that has a double action initial trigger pull, trigger press. The cycling of the action cocks the hammer and subsequent shots would be in single action mode. And the actual common term, correct term for that would be traditional double action. And uh, uh, probably the best known example uh, to the current generation of shooters would be a Beretta 92 that uh, is still being popularized by Langdon Tactical and their elite models, fantastic pistols. Uh, I will put the link to Greg's article in the, the video description so that you can go back and read what he actually wrote. Like Greg, I carried a TDA pistol early in my career. In my case, it was a Smith & Wesson 4006. And my experience with the TDA somewhat mirrors uh, Greg's experiences with minor exceptions that I'll note later, but first I need to give you some historical perspective. Uh, the TDA was popular in law enforcement circles during the revolver to auto transition years, and this was due to the belief that uh, after years of shooting revolvers that there would be a rash of negligent discharges as cops went to semi-automatic pistols, so we couldn't have single-action semi-automatic pistols. You know, cops have been used to that double-action trigger press. Uh, I am told by the elder statesman of the of the firearms training world that there was an increase in negligent discharges during the transition era, but that increase was not on the initial presentation from the holster. It occurred as people were holstering a pistol that they failed to decock. In other words, they failed to send it from single action back to double action before they put it back in the holster. So they were holstering a single action pistol at that point with no manual safety as greg noted in his article a uh, wide adoption of appendix carry in current years has rejuvenated the interest in the tda do believe that the double action trigger is safer for the holstering process but as greg also pointed out that the problem arose in his experiences with tda uh, was with uh, people that didn't decock the pistol before they went back to the holster and that's where we saw the increases in negligence discharges during the revolver to auto transition, as I've already stated. Uh, for those that say, well, that should never happen because, and then you give your list of reasons. Yeah, it should never happen. But in the experiences of numerous trainers that were around in the TDA era, including myself, it happens. Um, you know, I, my agency was full of mostly college age uh, police officers, and that was their only training with a pistol was all based on the TDA uh, platform or operational system. And it was very common for our range commands to be scan, cover, decock, and holster. So I didn't see people necessarily holstering uh, a cocked pistol during range qualification However, I would see people that would move through like a scenario course of fire 
and never put the pistol back to double action. Once they fired that first DA, DA shot, their gun stayed in single action as they moved through scenarios, building clearing, et cetera. Um, so my, that's one area in which my experience initially does not mirror Greg's. Um, Greg did note that during the transition to Glocks, that there were some guys that were still carrying TDAs as backups and off-duty guns, and there would be some operational system confusion when they were switching between guns on the range. Uh, my agency didn't allow backup guns, so that was not an issue for us. Um, Akil Kadir of Citizen Safety Academy was a cop in upstate New York. Uh, he shared Greg's article in a Facebook group, in which I'm a member, and one of the people in the group asked a very excellent question. So, so what's the big deal about, uh, what's the real big difference between holstering a striker fire gun that's got a trigger press weight of four to five pounds and a single action pistol that's caught with a press weight of four to five pounds? And that's actually an excellent question. Very much an excellent question. And here's the difference. It's not so much the weight of the trigger press at that point. It is the length of the trigger press at that point. With the hammer caught in a single action mode, you should note that the trigger moves to the rear in the trigger guard, and it's actually a very short press uh, to release the hammer and thus fire the shot. Uh, Akil did tell me that uh, his experience kind of mirrored Greg's and that you know, they were, his guys were carrying... TDAs is their primary weapon, but then when they would have something like a Smith & Wesson, you know, 642 as a backup and that they would get confused as to decocking or not when they switched uh, between platforms. So, so how does this apply in the modern era? Well, I've already said we're seeing adoption of the TDA platform by people who want to carry AIWB. Now, AIWB has its merits, its appendix inside the waistband. It has its merits. Um, and absolutely nothing wrong with it whatsoever. And there's really nothing wrong with the TDA platform or operational system itself. Uh, and I understand why people want to go with it theoretically, and they like to get in the single action shots after the, the initial double action press, but folks, The problem is on the reholstering where people forget to decock. And I have seen numerous instances of people who are carrying appendix inside the waistband. They read on the internet that a TDA is a safer system for that. They've gone out and bought a TDA. They have not invested the training time. And I know that's the problem. They have not invested the training time in that platform. And I see them holstering pistols that haven't been decocked i i just recorded uh, a podcast episode with david cagle and he mentioned that he saw it in his swat school uh just recently where a swat cop holstered a pistol that hadn't been decocked so while i think your theory is good there i think the execution of that theory may be flawed but think about this if the double action triggers was going to make it safe to reholster, why not shoot a double action only auto? Consider something about this, say the SIG 250 or P250. Now I know that 
design had some initial problems when it was initially released. Those were later ironed out and it's now been discontinued. But I'm just throwing that design out as kind of a modern example of a DAO that people would recognize and uh, you know be familiar with. I know that a Beretta 92 is actually available in a double action only model as well. Um, you can't forget to decock it because it's double action only. The triggers are going to reset, but I know the real problem that you're going to say there is, well, it's going to affect your, your numbers to the right of the decimal point. But what's more important? Your split times or not shooting yourself? I don't know. I'm just a fat gal with questions. I'm that Wings guy, and this has been Stop and Think number four. Thank you for your time.